0: I'm not one of those guys who went in like, Oh my God, I'm going to find love for sure. <laughs> but I, I went into, but I'm, I'm also not a guy going. It's impossible. I'm like, you know what? Let's, you know, let's get on this train and see where it takes us. I was actually not supposed to be on this season. I was supposed to be on Katie's season, which is a season beforehand.
1: Oh yeah. Can you speak on the reason for the delay or no? It's oh, let me think about how to phrase this.
0: Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going with the flow and thank you, Falaran.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go with the Flow. I'm your host, Falaran Okulaja. I have another very special guest with me today, Roby Sobieski. Welcome to the show, Roby.
0: Hey, Mr. Flow. Thank you so much for having me.
1: It's good to be here. And so Roby was Princeton University class of 2010, but he is actually a professional magician. And then the way that a lot of people might know him is he was a contestant on the ongoing season of The Bachelorette. And so before I actually get into The Bachelorette, which is what I'm sure a lot of people want to hear about, I actually am very, it might even be more curious about your time as a magician. So just getting started, could you just tell the story of how you even got started with magic in the first place?
0: Well, first of all, I'd like to just like interject and say I hope that most of you know me from having a beer with me at reunions. Forget about TV. Forget <laughs> about the shows. I don't want to be known from that. I want to be known from having a beer with you. So let's <laughs> let's let's clarify that point. Um, as far as how did I start as a magician? Um, it was always kind of a passion of mine, which uh, passion turned hobby, hobby turned passion passion hobby turned side job, side job turned full job, and here I am.
1: Okay, and so that's, okay, love that path. When, at what point did you feel like it was gonna be a realistic avenue for you to be a professional magician? Because I would imagine, You went to Princeton like I did, you know what the people, you know, the things people get into at Princeton, it's always finance, consulting, tech. Yeah. What at what point in Princeton did you think that you would want to pursue magic fully or was there ever a point where you were going to do a more traditional path?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, to the point, um, I believe I was an English major and I think in my class year, something like 67% of English majors ended up on Wall Street. So, you know, (laughs) sounds like Princeton. Yep. (laughs) Sounds like Princeton. So even in the English, you know, we're not talking econ uh, majors here, but uh, yeah, uh, after college, I worked at New York Magazine for a while. So that was a little bit more traditional. And then I also uh, launched a startup. So that was also a little bit more traditional. And then I was, I kind of was in LA and I was doing the acting thing. And then I was always kind of doing magic as a side hustle. And then my side hustle just kind of started to spread its wings. I got more and more opportunities, you know, performing for various, you know, important people for lack of a better word Um, and getting to do really cool shows, you know, getting to uh, you know, I, I was hired by David Blaine to go on two national tours with him. So that was kind of, you know that's when if 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 Blaine is hiring you to work with him and work as a consultant and go on his show, I mean I assume you're doing something right as a magician. Uh, I also got to do some film consulting for various films. The biggest of which was actually Birds of Prey, which was directed by Kathy Yan, who was um, a Princeton grad herself. So keeping it in the family. That's uh, for those of you not in the know, it's the Harley Quinn movie uh, starring Margot Robbie. I was a sleight of hand consultant on that, and then you know just kind of touring around the world doing all of the all the celebrity parties and all the whatever you know, a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So it just kind of blew up, and uh, it's it's awesome because I have kind of a a job where I get to see the direct results of what I do, and I get to make people very happy, and I kind of get people to feel like children again. So it's a very um, heartwarming job for me, and yeah. I just love doing it.
1: Yeah, and you touched on two things that we're gonna. I want to delve further into. One is working with David Blynn which I'll ask you about after this first question. But you mentioned that you were a consultant for the movie Birds of Prey. You were the magic consultant. What does what does that job even consist of? Or when you're on set, what ex- what exactly is it that they are asking you to to take a look at and asking for your for your opinions on?
0: Okay, so in this case, there was uh, this character played by this lovely actress Ella J. Uh, Blasco, and this character was. Uh, her name is Cassandra Kane, and she was uh, she's a little street thief and basically so that means she had nimble fingers, nimble hands. And so, you know, everything from teaching her how to roll a coin. Um, there's a scene where she takes kind of Margot's business card and like kind of makes it disappear behind her hands like that. Um, so teaching her how to do that um, or sorry, Harley Quinn's business card. But and then also she does a lot of pickpocketing in the film. So a lot of that was teaching her how to pickpocket, how to be smooth. A lot of people don't realize this. Most of the top pickpockets in the world are children. They're not actually adults because they're at the right level to grab from the pockets. They have tinier fingers. Sadly, it's actually kind of depressing when you think about it. It's oftentimes kind of gangs of children run by adults where the adults basically send the kids out to do the dirty deeds and the kids come back and. The adults collect the money and give a kid some food. It's not, it's not a pretty, it's not a pretty sight. It's not a, a happy thing to talk about. But that being said, they wanted a street thief, so I made one. You know, I crafted one. Um, so it involved uh, prior to the film even starting uh, shooting, um, in early stages of production, me meeting with her a couple times a week uh, to work on that, uh, teaching her the moves. You know, I told her parents, you know, make sure you get good, uh, good cases for your cell phones because uh, she's going to be going for them. And I actually want her not just to do it when you're expecting it. I want her to try to do it when you're not expecting it. So if the phone falls and breaks, I just don't want to be responsible for that. So get that otter it's, box.
1: And so theoretically, you and other magicians are
0: master pickpockets, and you could just do it if you wanted to? It's, I mean, theoretically, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot I could do as a magician, which I choose not to do. There's a kind of an idea that a magician is an honest liar because you know, we have all the skills to lie, cheat, and deceive, but we use it to entertain. And it's kind of like, people are like, I don't know if I can trust you, you're a magician. And I'm like, no, there's nothing more honest than a magician. I tell you, I'm gonna fool you and I fool you. Fair like enough. it's- This is true. And, and I could use the powers for evil, but I don't. But yeah, so I was teaching her that. Um, and then to give you an example, then, then on set, I was there on set every time she was doing kind of sleight of hand or pickpocketing and just making sure that it looked right. Uh, to give you an example, there's a scene, not to spoil the movie, but where she goes and she pickpockets this kind of this, this diamond, you know, from this dude. And this is like, let's say, a $25 million diamond or whatever it is. And then kind of a lot of the movie is based upon, we need to get this diamond back. And that's kind of a, a very, a, a moving plot point in the film. But as they had it, they had the guy walking down the street. She walks by, she bumps into him, steals a diamond, you know, and scene. And they're filming that. And her pickpocketing move was perfect. She was reaching in perfectly. But then I'm like, I went up to director. I'm like, Kathy, um, just think about it for a second. You're a criminal. You're walking around with a $25 million diamond in your pocket a little girl on a big open New York City street bumps into or Gotham City street although I was actually shot in downtown Los Angeles but whatever a little girl just randomly runs into you bumps into your pocket where there's a diamond and then runs away when there's no reason for her to come anywhere near you you're right away reaching into your pocket and seeing if the diamond's gone you know and so I'm like you know we need to fill the street with extras we need to make it look like it's a busy street so that it would make sense for the girl Pretty to kind of you know like like, oh, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, like move out of the way. Then she bumps and does the grab, you know? And so that's like a small and minor. Ch- and then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. They fill the street with extras. And if you watch the film, now there's like a bunch of extras and it actually makes sense. And it's a small thing. But trust me, if that hadn't been done, Reddit would have been like, you know, <laughs> this guy's an idiot. You know? All over. Yeah. And that's um, that. Yeah, and that's
1: cool. Those are the the little minor details when it comes to movies and just at TV shows that you would never even think about. When I yeah. saw that you consulted for the movie, I was like, I didn't even think that this was something that would that they would need to do. But after hearing your explanation, it obviously makes a lot more sense. Do you, is that something that you are going to want to keep keep doing? What you want to be involved in movies and TV shows in that same type of consulting capacity?
0: Yeah. Well, well, uh, first of all, I wanted to say it's it is funny because you have all these brilliant people who are working on it. You know, you have like about 100 people on the crew you know all the camera guys like guys, whatever and they're shooting this and nobody had the thought of like yeah. hey this doesn't make sense you know and so yeah. it's it's a small it's a small thing to be there but it, it changes a lot so that, that's cool and yeah I've, I've i've worked on on other films other productions of our productions you know i've consulted for there's you know there's a, a the number one star of, of Turkey's music, uh, scene. Like I was like, they, I made him into a magician for a music video, you know, so that's, that's very big in Turkey, you know, but (laughs) not so much in America, but yeah, no, I, I, I get, uh, I've done, you know, about like four or five uh, productions I've worked on, but it's, it's very fun and I would definitely love to do more. Um, to go back a little bit to your point when you're talking about, you know, what I could do with pickpocketing and stuff. I actually do have an interesting story, which is, uh, Prior, prior to all the chaos and all the, the hatred for the police, which has uh, happened, um, you know, in the past, you know, few years, uh, there, was a, there was a moment where as a magician, you know, I usually work at night and I thought it would be kind of interesting to get, there's a thing called reserve, reserve officers, and I thought it would be interesting to get, they basically you have to volunteer as an officer like one to two days a month. And I thought it would be fascinating to get all the training and the experience. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to perform magic in jail. And as I said before, I performed for some of the wealthiest people on the world and, but they've seen a lot of magic in their life. They've flown to Vegas. They've seen Copperfield. They've got to see, experience all that stuff. And so sometimes for me, it's really fun to perform for people who have never seen magic before. That's almost far more heartwarming and the reactions are better, but long story short, I was, uh, I was interested uh in, in just getting this training and they also have um they had well actually let me pause first of all i was i'm in la and i was like do i want to go for the la sheriff office or the la uh pd and i, I asked my my girlfriend at the time um which which uniform is sexier and she said i'll go for the sheriff. <laughs> she likes the hats so i went la sheriff and um Anyway, so I go in and there's, first of all, there's like an online interview. I do the online interview. And then there's like an SAT like test that you have to go and take in like the headquarters in downtown Los Angeles. And, you know, we we went to Princeton, we're good at standardized testing, you know, and it's like, you have like four hours and you need to get 70%. And, you know, it's like 30 minutes, 98% later, you know, like I was done with the test but they very specifically said you can't take anything with you because they don't want somebody cheating. So no cell phone on you. No, usually I I carry a pack of cards with me everywhere I go, but uh, I didn't want to have that with me because maybe people might think the, the cards were cheating notes or whatever, crypt notes. Um, So anyway, I do the test. And then they had said, if you pass the test, we'll call you back and we'll schedule an interview. So I was expecting that, but then right away they're like, Oh, you can have your first interview now. And, uh, You know, I would have if I so normally, so I was dressed in like sweatpants and like almost like a tank top because you know, I was just going there for the test, I was just being relaxed. And I was not if I'm going if I'm meeting up some with somebody for an interview, I'm going to wear at the very least a polo, if not a shirt, if not a suit, you know. And I'm like, well, I'm like, you have to do it now. I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting with this guy, and he's like straight out of super troopers he was super nice, but you know, he had that, that mustache. I forget his name, but it was like officer Steve, Joe, Hansen, you know, it was like something like that. And he's like, Oh, so you're a magician. So you, you got to do a trick on me. And I'm like, you know, like deputy, I, I would love to, but they told me I can't take anything with me. So I, I don't have anything with me. I, I would, you know, maybe if I stick around and I meet you again, I can. And he's like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then I'm like, I'm looking at him and I notice something and I'm like, I thought of something. I don't know if this will work, but do you mind if I try something? And if it doesn't work, just like give me permission to try something. And he says, okay, sure. And the the reason why I had asked this is I kind of had noticed his, his um, driver's license. I taken, as we were walking, I saw it in his pocket and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to pickpocket his driver's license. But I didn't want to take the driver's license from like the head of the first round of recruiting, like in the middle of LA sheriff headquarters and like, not have permission. Cause I, that could have been bad news bears. So anyway, I take the driver's license and I do like quick move. Suddenly his driver's license, the second I have it in three seconds later, it's in my wallet in the slot where my driver's license would be. And then the rest of like the 30 minute interview, you know, like, I'm like my, I have a half sister who's Italian and lives in Milan, but I'm like her. I'm just talking with my hands all day, you know? So all he can remember is my hands in my face and his face. And that's all he can see. And the end of the interview, he's like, oh, it was lovely meeting you, lovely meeting you. And I'm like, oh, but but," he's like, do you have any final words? And I'm like, oh, I just thought of something, Deputy, which might mess with my application. I have a problem with my license. And he's like, oh, what do you mean? And I reach in, I pull my wallet out, I open it up. And instead of having my driver's license in there, I have his driver's license in there. (laughs) Now this this guy grabs it and he just runs down the hallway screaming like a giddy school child being like, there's like a place where you had to go and get like fingerprints and stuff. And he's running down there and he's like, watch out. You're going to try to take his fingerprints, but he's going to steal your watch. Blah 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 blah. (laughs) And then meanwhile, there's all these dudes that are waiting to be interviewed. And I spoke with them while I was in line and they're like, well, I was there for the reserve. These are guys fresh out of the military. They're like super, super by the books, you know, like there's like, you know, there's paperwork. And I'm like, It says here, have you ever smoked pot? And if so, how often? You know, it's like, did you like, and I'm like, what did you say? Because like, I live in LA, you know, whatever, you know. And then they're like, I would never smoke pot. It is federally illegal. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. So it was like those type of guys. But they're sitting there waiting to be interviewed, and they're watching their interviewer running around like, oh, my God, I just got robbed. (laughs) So it was very funny.
1: (laughs) And he just – it was all positive reactions out of him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, He's like, turn around, you're arrested right after that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a wonderful, wonderful shank. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So – Back to real quick about uh, David Blaine, because you mentioned that you um, you went on two international tours with him. When yeah. did you first meet him and what was it like for him to then invite you to go on tour with him?
0: I actually, oddly enough, first met um, David Blaine at Princeton. Um, he was uh, basically, we had a mutual friend and he was coming to Princeton because this uh, gentleman or Percy Diaconis, who is... A uh, professor. I don't know if he's at like Caltech or MIT. It's one of one of those. He's a professor of um, kind of. He's basically the guy who does all the math between like kind of gambling and card shuffling and and you know heads or tails. He's like the math expert of the world of all of those stuff. And but he's mm-hmm. also a magician. So Blaine was coming in to see him, and so I randomly met him there at that moment, and we had a good talk. We actually met with his other professor at the Princeton Plasma Lab, who showed us some really, really cool stuff. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about what he showed us, but it was <laughs> it was fucking cool. Um, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, you could curse, yeah, 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 okay. yeah of course. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah, but it will, well, his shit was fucking cool, okay? And so, um, then anyway, I met him there. I met him a second time somewhere else, and then he was in Los Angeles preparing his show. Actually, he was preparing it at UCLA, and he invited me down on like a Monday. Uh, he's like, hey, why don't you come and see the preparation for the show? And so I'm there and I'm just watching the show, hanging out, seeing what he's doing. And then he's like, what do you think? And then instead, of not, instead of just saying like, oh, this is all amazing. I'm like, I like this, I didn't like this. I think this should be changed, blah, 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 blah. And I gave him a detailed critique and he actually really liked the comments I said. And he said, hey, instead of just visiting kind of as mm-hmm. a friend, do you want to be hired um, to be here? If we're here for another week. Do you want to be hired for the week? to kind of give your thoughts on the show as we're designing it. I'm like, yeah, of course, you know? And so I get hired by him uh, that day. And, you know, two days later, after two days of notes and whatever, he's like, you know what? I like what you're doing. Instead of just being here for the week in LA, do you want to come on the tour bus and be, be along for the 40 city ride and just keep giving me notes, keep working with me, keep doing all that stuff. And I was like, of course. And then, uh, it's kind of how it got started, you know, just, uh, like an avalanche little 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 bit of snow just built up
1: yeah i love that and it's funny to think that if you had just agreed with everything that he had said which is what i think most people will do they're like oh my god i'm with david blend whatever he's doing i'm gonna say it's all amazing he might not have asked you to then go on the, yeah. rest of the tour with him so that's just again Good, good for people to know to be honest and to always let, let people know what they think.
0: Yeah, I mean if somebody asks you what you think, I think no, does it, if it's some magic or anything else it's, it's always better to just give you know, like that honest answer, you know it's even if somebody's like, do you like this outfit? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's not your color, you know. I think, I think, you know. I, but you know, but you also gotta be nice. It's like I've seen you look much better in other outfits, but this one, it's not you, you know. It's like save your friend from some embarrassment if you, you know.
1: But so that must have been a very unique and a very cool experience for you. But, um, so your site has mentioned some other celebrities that you performed for. I saw Jay-Z, Rosario Dawson, Samuel L. Jackson. Is there any one particular story that you remember, whether it was just like the most surreal person that you met, the best trick that you performed, the biggest reaction, and just any one of the, those particular performances that stand out to you?
0: That's a tough question. Um... Not really. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, people are people, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I've, I've gotten to see and interact with a lot of people, some nicer, some less nice, but it, it's all, it's all kind of, kind of the same to me. It's, it's uh like I was saying before, like, like I got to form the jail once to me, that was, that was a cooler experience than, you know, any celebrity I've ever had to, to perform with.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. And again, that's a, a, a good perspective, because at the end of the day, as you as you said, every no matter how talented, whatever individual might be, we're all just people at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Um, but okay, it's So actually, It's actually like actually like I was once hired to perform for this event. And <laughs> to give you an example, it's kind of a fun one uh, for this high end event in Los Angeles. And this was in downtown. I'm downtown a lot in these stories. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, I was looking for a place to park my car. And so I, I parked it near, um, in an area which I thought was kind of seemed safe. And then as I'm like getting my stuff ready, I'm hearing these two guys have a conversation and then the guy's like, Oh, so like, uh, you're back out. Yeah. And he said, well, what happened? And he said, well, I was on parole. And then I went, Hey, so send me, but they sent me back in for breaking into another car. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and, uh but so you know what i'm like so i go up to those guys I'm like hey i'm about to do a thing like an event but do you mind if i practice a few things on you um like had no need to practice but then i like did like magic for these guys for like five, 10 minutes and they, they loved it and then i went and i was at this event and i was there for several hours you know and then actually ran super late and then i come back and it's x in the morning and i'm walking to my car and then suddenly from the rooftop of what was apparently a halfway house i didn't know uh the gentleman was I hear this voice going, Magician, you're back. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, I was watching your car for you. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> a little, a
1: little, a little magic went a long way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so now transitioning into the Bachelorette. Um, the very first question that I have about that is: when did you decide that you wanted to go on the show? And why did you decide that you wanted to apply to get on the show?
0: So I actually didn't apply. I was they found my they found my uh, profile on a dating app and they uh, contacted me and and then they're like, hey, we like you. Let's have a conversation. So uh, they reached out to me, not vice versa.
1: Interesting. I didn't even know that they did that. That kind of just warps your whole perspective on it, because I assume because when you're watching the show, the sign always comes up to if you want to be the next contestant, click here and apply. So I didn't even know that they were actually actively reaching out to people
0: a, a lot of them. I mean, I assume the, I, I can't, I really don't know so much about what goes on behind the scenes and I, I can't really talk about what goes on behind the scenes. Mm. I assume I'm just just conjecture, but I assume that a lot of the people get in because of that. But, you know, because I live in Los Angeles um, and where a lot of the casting department is based, I I think it's probably a little bit different because they, they, if they see somebody pop up, you know, and maybe, maybe it's a different you know story versus the casting department is less likely to have, you know, to be in Iowa, you know, looking around. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Really, okay.
1: And so they reached out to you and not vice versa. Why did you follow up with them? And why was it something that you were interested in?
0: So uh, long story short, I was like, about a year-ish out of a five-and-a-half, six-year relationship. And uh, I went into it, you know, like, this, this could be fun, you know? And it's like, I went into it cautiously optimistic, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm not one of those guys who went in like, oh my God, I'm going to find love for sure. <laughs> but I, I went into, but I'm, I'm also not a guy going, it's impossible. I'm like, you know what, let's, you know, let's get on this train and see where it takes us. I was actually not supposed to be On this season i was supposed to be on katie's season which is a season beforehand oh yeah can
1: you speak on the reason for the delay or no
0: it's let me think about how to phrase this uh long story short false positive covid test
1: ah okay interesting okay That, that that makes a lot of sense and so in hindsight, and we're jumping ahead a little bit here, would you have rather been on that season? Was that who you initially wanted? Or since they reached out to you, I assume you didn't necessarily have a preference for whoever the Bachelorette was.
0: But I, I think I would have gotten along better with Katie. Okay.
1: Okay. Um,
0: I feel like we would have we would have meshed better as far as uh kind of our the way our humor strike, and then. And I think I think we're both a little bit naughty. And I think that would have that would have been a fun, a fun thing. I think she also, from what I've seen, whatever, she she tends to like uh, you know, there's like a lot of I was the guys on the show were wonderful, but you know, there's like a lot of like the like not to stereotype, but there's like Mr. Mr. Football Bro, you know? And um I feel like the girls on this season were kind of they liked Mr. Football Bro. And I feel like Katie was more would be more into mr like artsy oddity guy you know gotcha
1: gotcha and we'll get a lot more into that that first night but so and even just it's interesting for me to hear how the process worked out for you so you knew that you were gonna be on the show for a while you have the false positive covid test you have to wait that much longer what again for whatever you can speak on what is that process from you here going on the show till you actually get into night one what what do they have you doing do they have you just you know Getting a haircut and kind of stuff. Well, what what is what is that process even like?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I honestly can't. I I legally don't think I can talk too much okay, about, fair about that process. Fair enough. Fair
1: enough. No, that, that's that's very fair. Okay, so then fast forward into the first night. Um, you I assume you're gonna you're planning what your first line is gonna be. You know, you want to do a magic trick. Did your was your delivery everything that you hoped for it to be, or because of nerves did you fumble at any parts, like when you step out of the limo for the first time?
0: It, uh, yeah, no, I was I was pretty pretty confident with that. I, uh, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the the camera angle that was used um, when I did <laughs> when I did the shot. Um, so that that was honestly kind of the only thing that made me nervous is I I wasn't liking the camera angle that was being used. Okay,
1: fair enough. And so was that your first time meeting the other contestants that first night that you stepped out of the limo?
0: Yeah, you meet everybody at once. And so what was
1: that like for you? Because again, it's however many guys in that one room, you all know that you're there for that one purpose.
0: What would you describe the dynamic in the, in the room? Like, I felt like it was like adult summer camp, you know, like, it's just like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but we're on this weird journey together and uh, hopefully we have fun. You know, like <laughs> we'll see who shares bunks. We'll see. You know. Like.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. And so, when you you said adult summer camp, you're just trying. To or or, or 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 sorry, let's put it into Princeton terms:
0: outdoor action. There you go. There we go.
1: Outdoor action. Which for anyone listening who didn't go to Princeton is when you first get to campus, you have to go on a camping trip for one week before you actually move. Before you actually start all the other activities,
0: you yeah. go camping
1: for a week with but, like yeah. twelve
0: random people you don't know. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 And from uh, all across America or the world.
1: Yes. Oh, so really? Yeah. Okay. I like that analogy, except there's no like love interests that are, that's not the point of it, but I, I like that. I see the, see if, the you say, if you
0: think people don't hook up on outdoor action, you are gravy- <laughs> taken. <laughs> I guess my experience is a little, little bit different, but I can, I can see how, I, <laughs> how it happens my, I personally did not, but I'm not saying I didn't <laughs> see it happen or or hear it or know of it, you know? Um and so there there, there there is action on outdoor action. <laughs> <laughs> fair,
1: fair enough. Fair enough. Um and so just I guess looking at the bachelorettes themselves, when you saw that it was going to be the two bachelorette system, what were your thoughts on that? Did you think it would be a successful one? And then also did you have any type of preference before you
0: actually got in uh between Gabby and Rachel? Uh I would have preferred for it to have been a one bachelorette system, honestly. Um I feel like two was just very chaotic um i feel like it it worked against me because my once because my one moment where i was able to speak with him, i was speaking with two girls and it's not easy to flirt with two women at once you know yeah. and versus if, you, if you're interacting with one woman then you can actually like be more compl- like complimenting her and having a conversation and like actually like trying to get that connection you can't really build a connection when you're in that two two ladies one person situation yeah, you know?
1: I, I, yeah, I agree. And even just from a few episodes in, it seems like the dynamic is very different from what it usually is when there's just one person that's being competed for because it gives a little bit more power to the contestants themselves because they yeah. can just be like, oh, if this girl is not messing with me as much, I'm just going to go talk to the other one. And then you can kind of play with the emotions of the of the two bachelorettes a little more than you maybe should be able to. So I'm yeah. kind of curious to see if this is a... I don't personally think they're going to do it again past this season. Again, it's only been a few episodes and we could be wrong. But yeah, I I could see exactly what you're talking about, where it's like you're one guy trying to get to know two very different girls at the same time. Like, who do you talk to more? Who do you try to make
0: laugh? Like, that's just a very awkward dynamic, I would say. And I was the only guy put in a situation where I had to talk with both girls at once. The twins also had to talk with both girls at once. But it was two guys, two girls I was the only one just me talking with both of them. And I think that was just that was an unfair situation compared to the rest of the guys. Yeah, this
1: I didn't even think about that. This is true. And I think it, it it's weird how it worked that even the people who didn't the people who didn't even get to speak with either of them, they were like, oh, because we haven't met you will keep you but for you you only got the one opportunity to speak to both at the same time so yeah yeah things just worked out in a in an extremely weird way (laughs) and it's like yeah
0: and it's like i don't know if a chemistry is there but it's like i guess it's also because the guys that they do speak to they were speaking one-on-one and so if you're having a one-on-one thing that kind of enables chemistry versus if you're two-on-one that's just the chemistry is not going to be there yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah, I blame the system. That's what, that's what got the you. System. It was, it, it was, it was the, it was the two, the two on one system. But then, did you coming out of that first interaction with the two of them, could you kind of tell that maybe, oh, I wish this would have gone a little bit differently, or what were your, what was your mindset stepping away from that first, your interaction with the two of them when you did the magic trick?
0: I, I wish it could have been longer. Um, and then I wish, I wish there's, there was more of it. Also, wasn't seen on camera. Even the magic trick that's shown. Um, you know, I can't talk too much about what was behind the scene, but that was only the first half of the trick. That's actually the setup of the trick. Mm. So I'm kind of disappointed from a magician perspective because that's not the good part of the people are like, oh, your trick is so amazing. I'm like, no, that's, that's, you the did, setup. we didn't even get there. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't even see the trick. Like, it's like, people are like, that's why they're like, you know, and so I feel like just like as a magician, I feel judged because like, that is not the trick I, pref- that was the setup of a trick I was about to perform. And, yeah. and that shows you people are like, oh, my God, your trick is amazing. You are complimenting the setup. You're not complimenting yeah. <laughs> the trick. <laughs> Which just goes to show you're that great of a magician. But
1: interesting, that is even more, more of a reason that I think uh, the, the Bachelor Nation just needs to – We I think people want to see a lot more of you. I don't think you were given a fair shot. And yeah. I, this explanation helps out much more because, again, it, even I was agreeing that, oh, this is a pretty cool magic trick. But now I want to see where exactly it was going.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, where the trick would have gone is uh, just just for that one is um, just the uh, one girl chooses a card, um, and then the card uh, I rub it on my suit, and the red card is now blue. And then I take her card, put it under her like her glass, and then the other girl chooses a card, and then suddenly in my hands I had the first girl's card, and the second girl's card is now under the glass that the first girl was holding
1: yeah wow. little, i think it, the producers a little, did us a, <laughs> they did us a disservice by not letting us see that whole thing play out
0: but but, but that that, <laughs> that being said you know i can't blame them too much because it's it's hard to edit you know and there's not a lot of time and i mean even even if you're going there's this uh this like instagram like bachelor data that just like crunches the numbers i mean it's kind of amazing what they do um uh what she does i believe uh and I think it's just one lady, it, it might be more, but uh, after two episodes, I was only on one episode. I'm still in the top half of screen time as far as the guys, which means so like, which is interesting. So, you know, if feel like you saw the second half of that trick or maybe the two other better tricks I did. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, did you did three tricks. Yeah. <sighs>
1: wow okay no, this is, no this, is, this is this is good information to know um but yeah i think hopefully and like this is it, another question i was going to ask online but do you have any sort of hope of being on another bachelor like the
0: bachelor in paradise or one of the other shows i you know i love the beach i would love to be on bachelor paradise i would love to be on the bachelorette again and get a second chance um you know maybe maybe i was thinking i should probably i was originally didn't want to do magic on the first night. I just wanted to do the watch thing and then like Mm -hmm. hang out and whatever, but it just kind of seemed like everybody was kind of competing for something and they want, they kind of want you, you know, one guy's going to show his car, one guy's going to show whatever, you know? Um, So it's, I mean, it's something I'm passionate about. So I figured why not, why not show it? Uh, But yeah, no, I would luckily bachelor nation as a whole is being very favorable to me. It I love you. It, There's a justice for Roby hashtag on Twitter. Justice for you. Roby or, <laughs> yep. or uh, I, I like a I uh, Caitlin Bristow started a uh, justice for the magician king. There you which go. is, <laughs> is kind of cool or justice for the magic king. A part of me is like, I actually might want to like, I was laughing at my magic friends. I'm like, magician king is kind of cool. Like I might want to do a show where I am like, we're like, I just want to dress up as a king and be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the spectacle," or whatever. Just do some silly thing. I think that could be kind of fun because I've never heard of a show like that. But yeah, justice for the magician king. Um, even on Reddit right now, if you were to go on Reddit this week and search for the top uh on the 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 bachelor subreddit, the top post of the week is is literally about me, and it's uh. You know, and I was not on the episode this week, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of interesting. And then the um, I think the post in like fifth or sixth place is also about me. So I'm getting a lot of kind of good attention. And it seems, you know, there's some negative attention. A lot of people hate my hair. Uh, (laughs) I think they don't like the long hair and they're like, oh, my God, he looks better with the short hair. But, you know, you know, you can always cut. You can always if, if a girl's like shorter hair, I can always cut the hair. I just you can't like. But if they like magically long hair, grow, I can't yeah. I can't make it magically grow that fast. You know? <laughs>
1: That's not a trick in your repertoire. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: fa- the fact that surviving so well at thirty three is magic enough. You know. <laughs> but I
1: I want to go back to one thing that you just mentioned, which is when what you just said about how going into night one after doing the initial trick out of the limo, you thought about not doing magic that first night because that is one thing when I watched it I also thought about. But it's 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 funny because I can imagine what it's like to be in that room with 30 something other guys all trying to stand out. And there's yeah. the like the war in your own mind where you're like, okay, I need to stand out. So I should do magic. Or I want to save it for later, let me not do magic. And it's obviously very reasonable It in that setting where there's a guy walking around without shoes, there's another guy who's shirtless. So people are doing all these different things. You're like, OK, let me try to let me try to stand out. So that's just one little like mental aspect of it that people probably don't appreciate enough. How you sort of have to, especially that first night, think about everything that you do and say.
0: Yeah. The other thing is, the other thing I get critiqued on is that I am, uh, they're like, I was on my knees when I was performing the magic and people are like, that's so weird and awkward. The girls are on a very small couch. Okay. <laughs> it's, I believe this couch is, was used in all the previous seasons. So one guy could be sitting on it with one girl. There's not room for an extra person. There's another true. couch like 12 feet away. So I could be 12 feet away from the woman, like yelling at them from across the thing. That would have been awkward. Yeah. Or, or I, if I was standing, I'm six foot four, I'm a big dude. I could have been standing right in front of them. Their eye line would have been at crotch level. With <laughs> just them towering on the over, couch, them. Yeah. Just <laughs> over them with them, like basically staring at my crotch. And you know, like that, that would have been an awkward like moment too. So actually by being on my knees, at least I was kind of, I was still like, I think taller than them, but like, it was like more face to face. And it was like a weird, I don't normally do that. It's not a thing I do, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, oh, I think you I was. you
1: made the best out of that situation. Because everything you just said, I think everyone watching, especially after listening to this explanation, there really isn't much more you could have done. I don't I think the chips are kind of stacked against you. And so this is why people want to see a lot more
0: of you. And I'm hopeful that we are able to yeah. to see a lot more of you. <laughs> so I know the DMs I'm getting are kind of amazing. So that, that's kind of funny. I'm getting all the magic sex jokes in the world and like i didn't even know these existed you know (laughs) like everything from like aloha mara that means open your leg open my legs in harry potter language (laughs) who um you know like a lot of i bet i could make your clothing disappear one a one 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 was a can you be my magician and i'll be your sword swallower you know (laughs) like it's okay
1: (laughs) hey but again i think mostly i would say a vast majority of the reaction has been positive and so that that really is all you can ask
0: for i think yeah you know yeah it's, it's just i mean i could have asked for more time more opportunity i a lot Fair of things enough. This i is could really- have asked i could have asked you know i'm like Really? You fucking sent me home for the, before the talent uh, show? like <laughs> The talent. that's another thing. I'm, I was imagining
1: that when you saw that, you were like, that would have been my time to shine. But you had no way of knowing that week yeah. one, there would be a talent show. So it's just yeah. too many moving variables that it's so hard for you to even be able to to, to last a long yeah. time on that show. Yeah. Um, so I think when, um, so on the show, they show Rachel walking up with her first impression rose and it was to a, a couch with you and four other guys. When you saw her walking up, did a little part of you think maybe she loved the magic trick enough to to give me the first impression, refs? Uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't feel like, you know, like, again, the situation was I had that short conversation. It was two girls. I wasn't in a situation having a romantic conversation under an altar with, like, a waterfall, like, making its little romantic sounds in the background you know it, i wasn't i wasn't in that situation so i i was i was not i would have taken it but i was i wasn't expecting it
1: yeah fair enough and i assume that that's what your answer would be and yeah then, I, I
0: also i also if i were i would have expected one more likely to come from gabby than from rachel okay gotcha gotcha
1: and then so fast forward into the actual row ceremony you hear a name get called and you hear the two twins names get called did you have an inclination of what was about to happen or was that really sort of a blind side for you?
0: It was blind sight. I was honestly like, I felt pretty confident based upon, you know, like the, I felt like I was, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't like boasting, but I felt I was pretty confident with who I am as a person, you know, and, uh, I was, I was not expecting that. So it was a surprise. Yeah. And I'm also I exhausted. It- it's like, you know, like 14 hours later, it's like x in the morning you know and it's you know it's just
1: yeah and this i think this is just gonna push the justice for roby hashtag because i i don't we wish you would have got a fair shot at things we don't like how things happen for you but i i i feel like we're gonna see more of you america loves you there will there will be more from you
0: and yeah i think it everything happens for a reason you know, yes. you know, they, they didn't even mention Princeton on the show because, like, that's not something I usually throw down right away. But, you know, it's like the Harvard mm-hmm. guy, like two seasons ago, Bennett, they're always like Mr. Harvard, Mr. Harvard, Harvard Mr. Guy. Harvard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who does better on U.S. News and World
1: Report? You know, like <laughs> we do. This is true. <laughs> Number one, however many, however many years in a row.
0: Um, But yeah. OK, so just
1: looking back over over
0: Ever, ever since, ever since I got in, that was actually the change. I'm not really? joking. Like, I'm not saying I'm the impetus, but <laughs> but. The, the moment we became number one was 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 that same year that I got in. so uh,
1: coincidence? Well, I'm, I'm, maybe
0: <laughs> I don't think so. we're gonna we're gonna give you all the
1: all the credit for that all the credit um, was me. <laughs> look, looking back on the overall experience, is it something that going back you would do again?
0: It's something I would do then hundred um, percent. so yeah, so uh, maybe give me a chance to do it again, you know, maybe take me to paradise, you know, we'll see.
1: There you go. This is, this is the pitch bachelor, all the producers. This is, I'm going to clip this up. And I'm going to just send it to them many times over until, until, it, they, yeah. until they listen. And I what would it. you say was your, your biggest takeaway from the experience?
0: <laughs> My biggest takeaway. Other than it
1: experience. not being as long as you wanted it to be.
0: Honestly, it's, this is a weird thing. People wouldn't expect this, but all the guys seem super kind and awesome and i feel like i could have made a lot of better friends um than i did i'm actually kind of in conversation you know um with people uh with some of the guys but i feel like my like my friendships would have been stronger if i'd had the opportunity to be like living with them in the house for a while and so obviously i regret spending more time with the girls but i also very much regret not having had the opportunity to kind of do this weird kind of summer camp experience with like the guys also um, they go to Europe, apparently, uh, based upon what they've announced on the thing. Um, I'm half French, all my schooling prior to college was in French. I speak fluent French. I was like, come on, you're not going to have me for that. Like, you don't want me ordering all the food for everybody, you know? So it's that, that kind of upset me a bit too.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. And then that's another thing where you realize on the show, the guys, all the contestants spend way more time with each other than they probably yeah. even do the women because you might get a one-on-one date every now and then again for a few hours. But for the most part, you're spending time with the guys. So yeah, I guess for anyone who is going to go on The Bachelorette, go spend time with other guys too and just get, get to know everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, no, and I know that the guys are regretting it too because if it's downtime, you know, it's like they were saying, like, if it's downtime and they're just stuck waiting you, need and to, you don't you have electronics, you don't have books, you want some entertainment. You want somebody who's- gonna create stuff like you know i know like if somebody's a good guitar player and is playing guitar like every like that person gets asked to do guitar all the time so yeah i expected that plus i had i had a lot of stuff i was gonna mess with the guys too so i was i was looking forward to some some light trolling you know <laughs> Did you have a, a, a list of, of tricks that you kind of had planned out over what you thought would be the would be the whole
1: course of the time there? I, I had a 50-pound luggage of stuff ready and able to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is this is again such a shame because I could just imagine all the different iconic moments that would have happened every Monday night. America getting to see you perform all these tricks. So again
0: hashtag yeah, and, justice and, and, for Roby. and not just the tricks because again it's it's like i i like doing the tricks too but i mean that's also not the point of the show it is it is the bachelorette and so i would was hoping that america would have more chance to see me talk and converse and flirt and all of that stuff too um so obviously the tricks is one thing but i don't want it to just seem like that was the only kind of point of being there True,
1: You weren't a gimmick by any, by yeah. any, by any means. We couldn't get to hear you speak French. We didn't get to hear yeah. you do all these all these different things. You love to rock, rock climb, all these different things that are a part of your personality that America did not get to see. So a yeah. little bit of a, bummer, yeah, even for, you know, yeah.
0: even I am, you know, my, 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 my grandmother had a horse farm, you know, I've been a trained equestrian you know, like, might have better riding technique than the person who rode in on a horse. You know, that's 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 another thing. You know, I don't know if he's done show jumping. I don't know if he's done a trick riding academy in Prague for three months. But hey,
1: <laughs> but I have I have a feeling that we we haven't seen the last of you. I think America. We hope to see a lot more of you. Um, and this is I this has been a, a very a very fun conversation. Thank you for coming on and opening up about all these different different aspects of the show and and your life.
0: Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope to see you at the next reunions, have a beer or two. Um, and that, uh, everything, you know, I, it's been a weird pandemic and I'm, I'm happy to see things back in swing and, and back. I actually avoided reunions this year because I didn't want to ask, answer too many questions about the show, but, uh, I'll be back next year because I fair honestly. enough.
1: And and I, I'm in New York City, and so I will be there at reunions for every year as long as I'm I'm still in the area. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: lot easier from New York than from LA. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, yes, it is yeah. for sure. Yes, it is for sure. But Roby Sobieski um, thank you so much for coming on. This has been another episode of Go with the Flow. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thank
0: you for having me, Mr. Flow. <laughs>